This is Brig Jones, and you are listening to Gaining Christ Audio, a ministry designed to teach the absolute truth of God from the Bible so that you may grow in your knowledge of God, or so that you may hear the true gospel of God and be saved and receive eternal life with God. Welcome and thank you for joining us in this podcast. We will do our best to answer the question, where is God in such a painful, sad, and hurtful world? If God is loving and sovereign and in control of all things, where is God with so much pain, hurt, darkness, violence, death, difficulty, and challenges in our world today? Where is God in such a painful world? This question was imposed to us directly or indirectly by God when two weeks ago, a good friend of mine and his wife, who's a good friend of mine, their youngest son was tragically killed in a hunting accident. Two weeks ago to this day, My friend's son was in Texas and got up early by himself to go turkey hunting, which he enjoyed doing, and he tried to cross a low-water bridge in an ATV, but the rain from the night before made the water force stronger than anticipated, and apparently it washed him over the bridge and eventually took his life, and the funeral, which was a little over a week ago, was indeed one of the saddest and most emotional funerals I've ever been to. Uh, This young boy was apparently a super nice young man. I never met him, but his friends spoke so highly of him. They loved him. He was generous. He was kind, uh, sincere. He was soon to be engaged to his girlfriend, his one and only girlfriend. And then tragically, his life ended in a flash. And this, uh, I can only imagine literally uh, the pain that my friends are going through. Actually, probably more painful today is today is the young man's actual birthday. And as people were saying, what could be worse than losing a child? I, I don't know. If there is, there's not much worse than that, I suppose. I have no idea. Incomprehensible pain. I'm sure you have had friends who've lost children or you experience that or something uh, painful. It is horrible. I have friends who've lost children to cancer. A good friend of mine lost his daughter to cancer 10 years ago while a friend of his, another friend of mine, had a, has a daughter who got the same cancer but was cured. And uh, there's violence in our world, pain, broken relationships, hatred, Currently, there are 40 wars or conflicts around our world going on. And while this world is beautiful and there's a lot of nice, compassionate, loving, servicing people and many great accomplishments that are taking place and being developed in our world and a lot of beauty here and a lot of good, this world is covered saturated in pain and darkness and violence and hate and anger and unpredictability and difficulty and hardships. And the question that we will try to answer is, where is God in all of this pain and darkness and evil and and hurt? 
if God is loving, which he is, if God is sovereign, which he is, in total control of all things, which he is, where is God or why would God create such a place that is now the epicenter for all this sadness, misery, and loss, and death, and pain? So we will do our best to dig into this and try to answer this. Before we do, uh, we have to look uh, at some facts about our planet that yields some of the answer to why there is so much pain, hurt, and violence, and death in our world while God rules over all things. Well, for starters, we must realize that we are broken as people. We are finite. Uh, we are biological creatures, and we have limited lifespans, and we are susceptible to, to disease and hurt and death and pain, and there's nothing really at this point we can do about that because that's inevitable because we are finite creatures, and furthermore, there's hurt and pain in this world because sin has corrupted mankind. We're corrupted creatures. Uh, <laughs> our bodies physically are corrupted by sin. Our minds and our hearts are corrupted by sin. And corrupted people do corrupted things. This doesn't necessarily explain the loss of my friend's son in a hunting accident. But uh, we do die as a result of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned against God in the garden, they brought physical death into humanity and spiritual death. That's why we need Jesus Christ so much to have spiritual life with God is through Christ and have eternal life. Even if your body physically dies is only in Jesus Christ. But we we hurt in this world because of sin. And the, the corruption that's in mankind. Uh, we also experience pain and hurt and violence and death in our world because of the spiritual darkness that lives in our world. Literally, Satan, a real entity, a wicked demon general, if you will, a once good angel turned bad because he himself elected to sin against God. And he has a host of other angels that want to turn to darkness with him, demons, and uh, they do bad things. As John writes in 1 John five nineteen. the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. They have incredible power and influence over this world. John writes in Revelation chapter 12 that the devil is filled with fury because he knows his time is short, and he's here waging war on humanity and especially those who hold to the testimony of of Jesus Christ. This world is difficult. Jesus says that to his disciples on his way to be captured and then executed. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And fourthly, there's pain and hurt and suffering in our world and even death because God is sovereign. And God literally controls all things. So God either causes or allows every event to happen. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11, all things happen according to the purpose or counsel of God's will. There's not one event that takes place on this planet that is not under God's will, either him allowing it to happen as dreadful and hurtful as it may be or causing it to happen all the same. 
God causes or allows all events. He also prevents many too. Have you ever thought about that? How many events has God prevented to keep us alive or prevent tragedy from occurring? I know that that's probably happened in my life because I should have some tragedy and God miraculously somehow saved me and my friends from a disaster a time or two. And uh, so God is in control and he uses pain and suffering. This is what we'll get to in a moment. And we are finite and we are broken. There's darkness in our world. So right now in this life, we will have pain and it is hard. My friends, I'm sure today is a very difficult day. Bless their hearts. Uh, before I get into what God may be doing through pain, we thought it might be helpful to speak through some of the common questions that are asked when immense pain or suffering occurs to an individual or they see it as it's happening throughout our world. And uh, here's a question that is often asked, why would God create a world so full of pain, hurt, and evil? If God created the universe, which he did, and he created the world, which he did, and all life, and why would he create a place that's so painful and hurtful and full of death? And the answer is he, did, he didn't. Originally, when God created the universe, it was pure and good. There was no pain. There was no death. There was no evil in it. It was the sin of Adam and Eve that brought in the pain and the death. In fact, it was their sin that introduced death into the world. There had never been death on our planet before Adam and Eve sinned. No, no animal death or human death at all. The food source was vegetation, plants, agriculture. No one ate animals. Dinosaurs didn't eat other dinosaurs or animals. Before there was sin, they ate vegetation. It was only after the flood in Genesis 9 that God allows meat to now be a source of food for humanity and other animals. But God didn't create this planet full of evil. It became that way because evil entered it. Why did God create me and mankind the way we are? So broken. Well, again, he didn't. He created us pure and holy and righteous. Not perfect because we sin. Perfection would not sin. But he made us pure and he made us holy and good. And we only knew good until mankind sinned. And then the pain and the death and the evil and the hurt began its course throughout humanity. Why would God even allow pain and suffering and hurt? I mean, why would God even allow it? He can stop it. He can control it. Well, that, that's a good question. It's a mystery, no doubt. It's a difficult question to answer. Well, we'll do our best to do that. Um, it, it's like, what, what kind of loving God would allow such pain? Well, he, here's a good response to that reasonable question. The same loving God who entered into our pain, God became a person to defeat pain and death. God the Son became a human, became a human embryo, was born, and lived a very difficult, painful uh, life. Truly, probably the most painful life ever lived was lived by Jesus Christ. And he suffered the most brutal death on a cross to defeat death and to reconcile people to God. So Jesus Christ knows our pain. 
he experienced it himself, and he was covered in our sin on the cross and the in the penalty we we deserved, and his life was painful. He understands. So when people say, "Does God even care?" Yes, God does care. It may not feel like it, but yes, God cares. He loves. He comforts, and he's working ultimately for good in all things, and he's saving people. God cares so much that he became a person to save people from this world of death and this life of death. How beautiful is that? He cares. And so that's why we need Jesus Christ. If you want to know love and you want to know joy and you want to know there's something beyond pain, come to the Lord Jesus Christ. God cares. People ask, why would God allow a child to die? Why a child? What did that child deserve to die so soon? That young man, my friend's son at 26, I don't know what they deserved. I mean, we're all going to die. And so God has determined our lifespan. It's a, it's, it's a mystery why one child lives and one child dies. One child lives a week, one child dies in the womb, one person lives 120 years. God has determined our lifespans. He's maxed life at 120 years. He, he, he made that clear in Genesis 6 before the flood. And so why certain people live a certain life period and others live longer or shorter, that's God's, that's God's will. All things work according to the counsel of God's will. Even, even David writes about this in Psalm 139, starting in verse 13, about himself. He says, Lord, you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths. Your eyes, Lord, saw my unformed body. In your book were written every one of my days, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them yet accomplished. God determines the the lifespan of people. God is always working for towards eternity. He has his reasons. His ways are mysterious. His ways are unfathomable. Romans 11, Psalm 147. His understanding is beyond measure. Who has known the mind of the Lord? His ways are unfathomable. And so God does things the way that God wants to do them, but he's always working towards eternity. So he has his purposes in eternity. As Paul, when he's preaching in Athens, trying to speak reason into the people of Athens, who the real God is, he preaches, Acts 17, verse 25, God himself gives all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined the allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places. God made every person from Adam and Eve, and God determined when any and every individual will live on this planet for how long we will live on this planet and even where we will live on this planet. Certainly, we move around for practical reasons and jobs, so we think in school, etc. But God is at work in all of that detail. 
So why God took the life of my friend's son two weeks ago um, and did not let him live as old as his father beyond, that's, that's God. That's God's decision. Why would God even allow Adam to sin in the first place, people ask? Well, that, that's a decent question. Um, why not make everything perfect? If, if heaven's perfect, why not start perfectly? Well, that wasn't God's plan, apparently. And that gets into some deep waters and some words like superlapsarianism or infralapsarianism, where you begin to study or think about what was in God's mind in eternity past before time began and man existed. But he obviously had a good reason. He wanted to be a savior. Uh, John 15, 9. And why does God not end it all? Why does God not just end it all? If God is sovereign and good and loving and there's so much violence, why doesn't he just end it? Well, here's some great news. He will end it. He's even set the date where he will end it. And he doesn't end it now because he's patient, even in all this wickedness in our world and hurt and pain, to have his good news go around the planet so that people, maybe you can hear it and be saved because he still has plans to save people. But the date is set, and we'll talk about that at the end. So here's the question that we want to answer now is, where is God in pain and death? What is God's sovereign reason, purpose, and even benefits in pain and death? Well, four reasons uh, for us to consider. Number one, God uses suffering and pain to show our weakness as humans and our desperate neediness for him. That is good. A lot, a lot of times we can think that we're self-sufficient and we're good and we don't need anything. I don't need God. That's why so many people deny God and they don't want God. I don't need God. If there is God, give me some forgiveness, but I don't need him. Well, not true. We are needy, for desperate for God's grace, and he uses pain and suffering and hurt to reveal that. And that's a good thing because we all do need God and we all should come to God. But it certainly doesn't feel so good when it's happening. Uh, Point number two is God uses suffering for good. That may sound kind of strange, paradoxical, but God does. He uses suffering for good. He he says in, in the Bible that he uses pain for good. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29 It has been granted you for the sake of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his sake. God uses suffering for good. Romans 5, verses 3 and following, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance in faith, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God uses suffering for good. That's what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8. And we know that for those who love God, who are the called according to God's purpose, all things work for good. 
even in suffering, good things and suffering things, God is working good. The question is, what is that good that God is working in all things? And for God's people, believers in Christ, it is to conform us into the image of his son, to make us more like Jesus, who suffered immensely, to grow us in faith, to grow us in humility, to grow us in desire for heaven, to grow us in service, to grow us in focus, to grow us in love and mercy and tenderness in our own disposition. God uses this to make us more like Christ. James 1, verse 2 and 3, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you experience trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. God uses suffering for our spiritual good as a believer. And that is good as a believer, another reason to come to Christ. God also uses suffering to cause his people to be more heavenly focused and to hope in Christ's return. It's easy to get trapped in this world and all the offerings it may have, or maybe you're in a place where you don't have anything, but you want a lot of things because you see people in the West have a lot of things. Well, God uses suffering for his people to place their focus and their hope in eternity, not in this temporal world in which we live. That's what Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 4. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, suffering and pain that comes in this world, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings that you may also be overjoyed when his glory is revealed at his second coming. Wow. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. James writes, chapter 1, verse 12. God uses pain in this temporal world to cause us to hope further in the return and the kingdom and the dwelling place of God in Christ. And God uses suffering also to comfort us supernaturally. Praise the Lord. While he's using suffering and pain and allowing it, he's also working to comfort us through it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the God of all comfort, comforts us in all of our trials and hurts so we can comfort one another. Paul knew suffering and trials immensely. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that, brothers, we do not want you to be uninformed about the difficulty that we faced in our ministry. It was so difficult that we despaired of life itself. But this happened so that we would not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. God brought supernatural comforting, comfort and help and assistance to Paul and his friends. Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Cast all of your anxiety upon the Lord because he cares for you. 
Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Cast all of your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, Paul writes, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God comforts supernaturally people through suffering, his people through suffering. And the good news is, God has promised a day when all this suffering will end permanently. As difficult as it is, as stressful as it is, as confusing as it is, as painful as it is, as lost, losing as it is, as dreadful as it is, the day is coming when the Lord will put an end permanently to pain and sin and evil and death. He will do it when he comes and he throws Satan and the false teachers, and the false prophets, and all the demons into the lake of fire, chapter 20. Literally throws them in there. He will throw them in there. (laughs) And there will be no more pain. God has promised a day there will be no more pain. This is Paul. Listen to this. Revelation 21. Excuse me, John writes this, not Paul, of course, John, verse 3. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne of God saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and he and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain any more, for the former things have passed away. God has promised. This is what God is doing. The day is coming when the when those in Christ, those who believe in Christ, will be taken to the kingdom of heaven and will see God forever face to face. And there will never be another painful moment, thought, sinful thought, or death or hurt of any kind ever, forever. Praise the Lord. This is why, my friends, it is imperative, please, that you come to faith in Christ because you do not want to experience the dread and the pain that is coming on those who reject the gospel when Jesus returns. Come to faith in Christ, please. Be reconciled to God. Feel the love of God that comforts us in all of our pain, all the hurt, all the mourning and death. Only Jesus Christ can truly do this, successfully, eternally do this. Come to Christ. Well, thank you very much for listening. We hope this has been of some encouragement and help to you. Thank you for listening. Spread the word.